Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Not today, Bubba. Gordy, Gordy, can I bother you for a second? Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome, folks. The only place you need to be for the next hour or so. This is the Burnley Dump Show. I am Big Game Bob. Coming to you on your local airwaves, however you're listening, why ever you're listening. Folks, we're just happy you are indeed listening. Got a doozy of an episode for you folks today. It is interview today with Doc Antle from Tiger King. Guys, just a total whack job in the sense of this guy's got 80 tigers in his backyard. He's got his own zoo. For those of you who probably have seen Tiger King out there, Doc Antle joins us today for an action-packed interview. We're going to go ahead and bring Jersey Jerry on to kick things off today. Then we'll close up the show. Folks, before we get into anything, what I'm thinking about doing is within the next couple days, we're going to announce kind of how it's going to work, uh, why we're going to, you know, the, the way we're going to go about this is we're going to be raffling off or doing some sort of contest. A lot of the DMs that I get constantly are people looking to golf with me and Joey cold cuts. And we thought what better way to do that. You got the holidays coming out. Let's do a little promo, a little competition out there for to rattle off around with me and Joey cold cuts. We'll bring you out to California, have a good old time, a weekend of your choice, and we'll just get after it. Folks, we're doing something special on that Patreon. We got happy hours weekly. We're doing extra vlogs over there. We're doing an extra podcast over there. It's a damn good time. You don't have to come aboard. I'll never hold it against you. We'll still be here on your local airwaves Tuesday after Tuesday. But join that. It's an absolute ball. We're having a blast. The happy hours. You got fans coming on. They're drinking with us. Last week, we brought on the international carpool. It's just an absolute ball. Go sign up. Get yourself a free koozie. I'll go ahead and ship one right over your way. Link in the bio on my Instagram to get signed up on the Patreon there. And again, within the next few days, I'm going to kind of announce how the giveaway is going to work in regards to getting around with me and Joey Cold Cuts. We'll bring you out on the course and just have a good old time. Get you on the vlog, the whole nine yards. I think it'll be absolute blast. So come join us in that movement. In the meantime, before we head over to Jersey, Jerry, I, I got to tell you, folks, I went to my buddy's country club. He just a, he just got into a country club, and he's been playing there all the time. And to bring a guest on the fee is just absolutely ridiculous. But when you go out to one of these golf courses, when you're playing at a nicer golf course, if you end up going out there and shooting a great round, it just heightens that excitement, the endorphins that go flowing through you. And every now and then, Bobby puts together a nice little round. My, oh, my, did I play phenomenal. I, I, I Look, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I just couldn't miss. And that just doesn't come very often. And when you're playing good on the golf course, time kind of stands still. And, and you never want to leave that moment. It's the most beautiful moment, and it's what keeps you coming back. I'll have nine disastrous outings on the golf course. It's that one good outing. That just keeps you coming back every single time. You ever notice somebody on the golf course when they're playing bad, they're just giving you nothing. Maybe it's somebody that got paired into your group and they just got nothing to say. They're bringing nothing to the table. But as soon as they hit a good drive or as soon as they hit a good shot, they turn into a whole different person. They want to give you their business card. They want to see what you do for a living. Do you have any kids? Are you married? When on holes one through six, they could give two shits about that. They were just silent. 
that same person who is now playing good golf was the same person who just wanted to get off the course when he was playing bad golf. He couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there and go home to the point where he contemplated just playing nine holes and calling it quits. But then he starts playing good. All of a sudden, he wants to do dinner afterwards. He knows that a 12-ounce ribeye isn't in the family budget, but he's playing so good that tonight the ribeye is in the family budget. He goes out, has a good old time. I mean, playing good on a golf course can totally resurrect the direction of your day. Playing bad, on the contrary, could do the exact same thing. And that's what keeps you coming back on the golf course are those good ones. And all of a sudden, those guys that start playing good are chatting it up. They just don't shut the hell up because now they're having such a damn good time. It's just a wild thing. It really is. And it's just a wild course of emotions every single time you go out. But I go out on this golf course, real nice course, and I'm just playing phenomenal. I was ready to keep going. I mean, I could have played 36 holes that day. I wanted to go to dinner afterwards. I see the starter who got us started up on one. I see him. I invite him to come out to dinner with us. You want as many people as possible to follow you for the festivities after the golf course because you are the guy. You are the guy for that day that played good golf. And there's just nothing else like it. There's no other feeling like it. Your food tastes better. You sleep better that night. You appreciate people more. You have more to offer in your conversations. I mean, you're just like a whole different person. I got off the golf course. I wanted to do a Zoom call with my family just to check in on them, see how everybody's doing. When, you know, 30 minutes ago when I was shooting like shit, I just couldn't wait to get home and just call it a day. It's amazing what what a golf round can do to your day or even week for that matter. It's a wild thing. That's what always keeps you coming back. Anywho, folks, we got to bring them in. It is go time. The big fella, the one and only Jersey Jerry Gerard Gilfone joins the show for our betting segment, our betting portion of the show. After Jerry, we head on over to Doc Antle. Folks, let's get after it. Gerard Gilfone, are you with us? Gerard Gilfone, are you with us? Jesus Christ. Jerry Don, how are you? Welcome to the big show, my guy. What's going, Jer? What's up, Bobby? How you like that Bengals pick, bud, huh? I thought the Bengals pick was phenomenal. How about that Steelers pick that I backed it right up with? I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That was a solid pick, Bobby. Jer, what are the glasses, by the way? Those things are massive. Yeah, these these are these are Burberry's, Bob. Burberry's. They're Burberry glasses. Yep, Burberry's. But how do you how do you pronounce Burberry? <laughs> Burberry's. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's not Burberry's. It's Burberry. Burberry's. Bur- say Burberry. Burberry. What does the what the, what the thing of glasses like that cost, Jer? These are I think three fifty four hundred maybe. Jesus, is that really necessary? And I mean, it was a bad, it was a, it was a purchase before I went to Vegas a few years back. I got a lot of stories about Vegas. Bob. Looks like something you purchased at Vegas. Take the glasses off for a second, Jerry. Let me see those things. Yeah. But they do. <laughs> we see, we see you. We want to see the glasses. I said, take the glasses off. See you. <laughs> Burberry. Say Burberry. Burberry's. Jerry, let me ask you something. Yeah. All right. We discussed this last week. Okay. 
And I'm okay with it. Look, it's your segment. We pick what time you want to start. I totally get that. Don't get me wrong. The issue I have, Jer, is if you tell me six o'clock your time, why does it always have to be 7.30 when you say six o'clock? I know you take the 40-minute shower. I get all that. That's fine. But just let me know. All right. Well, yeah, Bob, but it's hard. You know, I'm doing a lot of stuff here. Okay. Let's face the facts. Mom snapped this morning, sent out a group text. She ain't cooking dinner. So I say, you know what? I got ingredients for ceviche tonight. I'm going to try to make ceviche for the first time. I had to come home. I had to prep all the stuff for the ceviche. I had to take my shower, which is 45 minutes. Like, you know, I had to do my nails. I had to scrub my nails. I had to lotion up my body. I had to powder up my body. It's a lot of stuff here. I apologize. I'm sorry, but, you know, I got a lot of stuff to do, Bob. How'd, how'd the ceviche come out? Oh, it was great. It was. It really was. It really, really was for my first time. It was missing something. I don't know what it was missing, but uh, I think it came out great for my first time. What great. kind of ceviche is like a lot of lemon and stuff like that? No, yeah. Lime, cilantro, red onion, avocado. I did some shrimps. How do you? And how do you communicate around the family about as far as who's cooking dinner that night between the gill phones? Is it a group text message that you guys send it out to kind of figure it out? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, most of the time I cook dinner and my mom cooks dinner. So we do, you know, we try each other's stuff. Um, I'd say that happens about three times a week. Um, but today she was she was not in a good mood. I just couldn't tell from by the message saying, don't think for a second I'm cooking dinner tonight because I'm not. So I said, you know, oh. I, I got to. You know, Jerry, I got to tell you, I love Miss Gophone more than anybody, but she is a nut, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. I don't know, man. It's starting to get old. You know what I mean? I, I feel you. Older, you know what? Maybe you should move out. Maybe you shouldn't get there to the two-family house. Get her a nice little condo or something like that. And maybe do your own thing, Jack. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just scared, Bob, because I promised her something. And if I go back on it now, I'm done. Jerry, let me tell you, let me ask you something. You've been doing a lot of these live feeds now. You're going live a lot on Instagram. What's the fan response looking like for you lately? good i got i got a lot of followers coming in you know what i mean i mean you know a lot of people you know friend requesting me on instagram following me a lot of messages you know i feel i i feel popular a little bit bob i ain't well, gonna I'm, jerry you absolutely are popular you got the ladies coming in there too jerry done yeah nah, i wouldn't say many ladies <laughs> i don't know why you're laughing because i've had my fair share you know what i mean <laughs> go ahead jerry i mean i i've had my fair share of ladies i ain't gonna lie i ain't gonna sit up here and lied to you. I did have my fair share. What What do you think you are on a one to ten, Jer? What would you give yourself? I think every guy should be able to be honest with himself and, and let let people know what they think they are from one to ten. They may not say it, but you could think it. Like me, I would say I'm a six. Six. I'm a six. For, well, yeah, I do. Take, you have to take a lot of stuff into consideration. You do, um, of course. So it's not only looks; it also is about heart. It also is about being able to be a provider, be a family man. So when I look at myself, listen, I ain't in the best shape. Let's face the facts here. I got a blue-collar body, you know what I mean? Um, I'd say overall, from looks to personality, I do cook, you know what I mean? I, I'm a cooker. Um, I think I would be able to take care of a family. 
Um, I, I'm I'm thinking seven seven point five, almost maybe an eight. You know, whoa, Jerry, <laughs> that's a big jump there. I mean, Jerry, you got to be able to be honest with yourself. Yeah, I mean, you don't think that's a good score, Bob? Hey, I don't see you. I don't see you cooking here. I, look, I, I think it's a good score. The problem is if you put yourself at an eight, you're leaving not a whole lot of room for people above you. And I think, Jared, look, you got a lot to offer. You got a lot of great personality. Not everybody's making And what do you think I am? I would say. <laughs> I want you to be honest here. I'll be honest with you, Jared. I would say I would put you at a, at a 6'4". So 0.4 higher than you. Ooh, when you put it that way, I'd put you at about a 5'4". <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Bobby? I'd give you a 4.2. What's the cutest girl you've ever dated, Jer? What are they from a 1 to 10? You ever have it was the knockout girlfriend? Oh, Bobby, listen. If I'm going to be serious with something, you know what I mean? If I'm going to settle down with something, they're going to be a 9.5 and above. Come on. I've had, I've had my fair share. Listen, I'll, I'll give you a story. I had this beautiful girl back in 2014. <laughs> Just listen to the story. because I'm incredible. listening to the fucking story. What do you mean listen to the story? I am. I had a beautiful girl back in 2014, right? Her name was Samantha. Beautiful. Now. Now the, now, the looks were fabulous. She cooked. She cleaned. She was very, very mature for her age. There was a deal breaker, though, Bob. There was a deal breaker. One thing I don't do is fucked up feet. That's one thing I do not do is fucked up feet. Hey, hold on, hold on. Fuck up feet? Fucked up feet, you're saying? Fucked up feet, because I got a foot fetish, Bobby. What do you mean you got a foot fetish? Is Listen, that in the feet? When I start dating girls, Bob, the first one of the first things I ask for is a foot picture. Oh, Jerry, oh. that's ridiculous. Well, Jerry, maybe to you it is, Bob, but to me it's not. Jerry, it's not just to me. It's for the viewers of the show as well. You're one of those freak foot guys. That is ridiculous. Not a freak foot guy. You are a freak true. foot guy. What was wrong with this girl's foot? Listen, I was just one night. We were getting intimate, oh, and I just happened to glance down at the at the foot. Is the first and time you guys got intimate? Yes. First time we got intimate, I glanced down to the foot, right? And now the nail polish was chipped and she had a hangnail on the on the big toe. Now I'm in now I'm I'm into sucking feet. I'm into sucking oh. I'm into that stuff, Bob. And, and and I just looked at this foot and said, There is no way I can look at this foot the rest of my life. And and it ended up being a, a one time thing, and that was it. But chair, here's the problem. Here's why it's even more ridiculous. First, the fact that you have a foot fetish is is bizarre. I've never understood that. I get there's some weird different guys out there with a foot fetish. Yeah. Now I can look at a foot and say, yeah, it's a nice looking foot. You know what I mean? She's got cute feet. Yeah. If it's a if it's a hangnail, Jer, that's something that can be fixed. This is not the bone structure yeah. of her yeah. foot. I get that. I understand that. But if you're going to get intimate with Jersey, come prepared. You know what I mean? Because I'm lotioned up. I'm powdered up. My nails are perfect. Everything is good to go with me. I'm a big time shower. Says guy. who? Says who? Says you or says the girls that you've been intimate with? I mean, well, I, I'd say says the girls that have been intimate and says me. 
What does Miss Jerry say about your feet? Your current current girlfriend, Miss Jerry. I got I got excellent feet. She knows that. I got that good of feet. I got nice feet. There's a problem though. I really don't want to get into this. Go ahead. Both my pinky toes are dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Both my pinky toes are dead. I stubbed them when I was young. They never grew. Jerry, you mean to tell me you're worried about this girl's hangnail when you don't even have a working pinky? A pinky nail. What do you mean they're I, dead? I, I, they're dead. They're dead. They don't. They don't grow. They're just dead. What it's not mean? like black and blue or anything like that. They're just dead nails. Oh, you're saying that the nail is dead? I thought you had no feeling in your pinky toe. <laughs> no. The nail is dead. Both pinky toes, both nails are dead. They don't work. So you would highly prefer it to get some nail coming out of there? Yeah, I would. I would. What's the price you would put? If I said you could have a nail on your pinky toe tomorrow, what's the price you'd put on that, Jer? Thousand a nail. (laughs) You had that ready. Did you look into the market? No, I just think it's a thousand a nail. I think they're important. Jer, let's talk sports here, okay? Mm-hmm. This is a sports gambling segment. We are doing a very good job so far on the gambling segment. A hunt. We start off with the thousand dollars through BetMGM. Start yeah. off with the thousand dollars. If we get to ten thousand dollars, we're able to cash out. Before we get into that, here is Jerry with the ads. Let the people know who sponsors the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Jerry Don. BetMGM. That's who sponsors them. The long wait is over. Football is back. Talk to us, Jer. Talk to us. At BetMGM Sports can kick off the season with 100% deposit match to $500. Simply sign up and make a deposit with the bonus code ROBIBLE to take advantage of this offer. There's been a never better time to bet on football than right now. Download the BetMGM app. Very good. Very good, Jerry. You've thrown a lot of personality in there. You're energized about the fact about MGM. I think that's a phenomenal. You're doing a great job, Jerry. Thanks. All right. Let's take that on over into our sports segment here. Now, we just hit the parlay. Mm-hmm. I did Steelers plus four against the Ravens. What do the Steelers do? They win. What Jerry does is do Bengals plus six. What do the Bengals do? They win. So bada bing, bada boom. We did $300 parlay to win $780. Jerry, if you look at the fight you had to get the segment yeah. till now, you have missed very few and far between. You're hot. Oh, yeah. If, if people don't jump on board now, I don't know when they will. The kid is hot. Bobby's dialed in on the others. Talk to me, Jer. What's the game you got your eye on this week? The game I got my eye on this week. First, before I get there really quick, I want to say something. There was a fan in the comment section saying, who does Jersey Jerry like today? Because I'm going to go the opposite. I don't know who he is. I had another fan back me up saying, Jersey's on an absolute heater right now. I don't know if you've been following, but he hasn't really lost much. Good for that. So- good for that fan because he's right, and it's got to be right. People are so quick to blame. God forbid you get one pick wrong, and you exactly. just steamrolling pick after pick. So I'm with you, Jared. Be upset too. Now I, I watched this guy over the years, and his nickname that I gave him is Radio Rogers. <laughs> he's always on the radio on the sideline. Now, you want to talk about a guy who is, is just a winner, just just hates losing, is just a winner. So my pick this week, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. There is no way 
They're going to go into San Fran and lose that game. No shot. Garoppolo's out. He's done. George Kittle is finished. Missing eight weeks. He's done. The Packers will lay the beat down on him. Take the Packers money line. Take the, and it's going to be an under game. Trust me. Take the Packers money line. And is this saying that you're going to take the under as well, Jim? Yep. I want to parlay the two. And what about your pick? Uh, we got maybe a three-team parlay, Bob. Okay. I don't mind the parlay. We hit the parlay last week. I say, here's what I like, Jerry Don. Hmm. What I like is the Miami Hurricanes Friday. College football? College football. That's where I'm going. My Miami Hurricanes, that is. I think this team, for the first time in a long time, is very legit. They finally have a legit quarterback. They're firing on all cylinders right now. They finally put up points. They have a little bit of an offensive line, which we haven't been able to say for a long time. I like the Miami Hurricanes minus 10 come Friday. So why don't we do this, Jer? Why don't we go ahead again? Right now, our balance share is at $2,380. So we're up. We're up. We're doing good. We're up. We got to get to $10,000. You say we bet the whole $10,000 on one game if we hit. I yeah. say we cash out. I say we'd be small and cash out, but we got to get there first. Yeah. We're at 2380 What you like is the Packers money line. You like the under, which is going to be 50.5, and I like the Miami Hurricanes. Yep. So what do you say we have $2,380 to work with? I say we do a $380 parlay. Okay. I like it. I like it. That should be a couple thousand dollars right there. Three hundred eighty dollar parlay would pay out fifteen oh eight. Nice. You're okay with fifteen oh eight? It's not a couple thousand dollars, but it's a damn nice payout. That's all right. I like it. Lock it in. So you got the under fifty point five in the Packers game. Yep. We got the Packers money line. Yep. And then we got the Miami Hurricanes come Friday minus ten. Jerry, take care of yourself. All right. Have a good week. We're going to see you back for the Patreon Friday. Yes, and listen, don't forget, I got a horse come Saturday. Oh, what, what, what's the horse race going on uh, at Belmont Stakes Saturday? No, Breeders' Cup. You got a horse for Saturday? I got a horse for Saturday, but until then, I'll see you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers, Jerry Don. You take care now, folks. Now we head on over to one interview to the next. That's Jerry Don. Now we're going to head on over to Doc Antle from Tiger King. We absolutely let it rip, and then we'll close down the show. Here it is. Enjoy Doc Antle from Tiger King. Well, folks, we interrupt the Brilliant Dumb Show just to let you know that this show is brought to you by none other than Manscaped. Folks, protect and treat your nuts the way they should be protected and treated. Give them nothing but the best of the best, the premium, the top quality, and that is Manscaped. The Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. Fellas, ladies, I just braze through these balls every <laughs> every time I need to shave my balls. My, oh, my. What an absolutely spectacular experience. Thanks to the boys and girls over at Manscaped. If, if the Lawnmower 3.0 didn't do it for you, how about their boxer briefs that have an optimal ter- – Optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. Folks, they do it all over at Manscaped. You can get your hands on some Manscaped products now. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code BROBIBLE, B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code BROBIBLE, B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E. Go ahead, protect your nuts in the best possible way with Manscaped today. Doc Cannell. How you doing? How are you doing today, Doc? Live and well. Happy Sunday to you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, indeed. All Saints Day, right after Halloween. You know, Doc, the, the, the funny thing about interviewing you that I was thinking of is you just don't know what type of background you're going to get. With that being said, in comes, what is that a chimpanzee there? This is Ungata the Chimpanzee Man. Holy cow. I mean, that was right on cue. I was going to say that we just don't know what type of background we're going to get. I talked to your producer who said to me, he said, you know, do you want him on top of an elephant? I said, maybe so. But how's the Wi-Fi on top of an elephant? I just didn't know what you were going to show up at. <laughs> well, I was going to go up to the main, the main lodge where the gigantic chimps come and play with me. But it got complicated. And Angada here is a, a mobile dude. He's with my partner, Moksha, who... Uh, Dropped him off so that uh, he could just hang. She's sitting here, so if he um, he decides he doesn't want to be here, he can walk away. It's a lot like a two-year-old kid. You know, he, he he loves you for a little bit, and then he can get distracted easily. And and, and what but, was his name, Doc? Angada. Angada. Does Angada have any idea that it's a Sunday? Does Angada have any type of routine? He has a serious routine. I mean, that he's always leading and he's always getting up and he takes his bath and he hangs out and has breakfast. You know, he, he knows there's a routine and he knows that he's a super social guy that makes a, a social connection with the family at large. You know, he knows the individual people. He knows who's kind of the lead characters. He knew who background is and he wants to be part of a team all the time. He wants to have that interactive capacity. You know, Doc, when we set this up for a Sunday, I was thinking to myself, he must not be much of a football fan if he wants to do the interview on a Sunday. And then I thought it's kind of hard to keep track of who's winning the Seahawks game when you got 80 Tigers in your backyard. That's a fact. That's what the, our, our day is. Tigers, Tigers. You know, we had uh, three Tigers that are all big young guys. We had them on the scale this morning. Three guys at 408, one guy at 388. And all of them have to be interacted with and walked and taken out and just given their big broad life. We're working on a new Triller account. So we're trying to mash up a bunch of new uh, social media. My son, you know, is a superstar of yep. social media, 25 million people following us on social media. So we, we, he, we're always looking for more uh, pizzazz. That, with are there, are there some days when you finish the day and you say, wow, you know, I really could have paid a lot more attention to the chimpanzees today, or I didn't give the tigers enough, you know, attention today. Do you have those days, Doc? Endless, just like you might with your kids. You know, the day goes by and you think, man, I got too tied up, another baloney, and those chimps didn't really get to go in the trees like I told them I was going to work it out. And you know, that big elephant lady, she is always looking for adventure, right? She was out, yesterday's a big day. It's a Saturday. We do our day safari and our night safari. So when we go cranking that out, she has a, she's out with a lot of guests, kissing everybody, hugging people, doing her whole routine, eating watermelons and clowning. I got what may be a kind of a bizarre question for you. You ready for me? 
Yes, sir. There goes and got it. Now you're okay. This may be a little bit bizarre, but this is the type of shit that I think about, Doc. When you go out and you do something for yourself, okay, you leave the zoo, you leave the animals. Let's say you go grocery shopping. While you're getting your food, do you happen to pass by something that you think, oh, the animals may like that, and then go ahead and pick something up for the animals? All day long. All day long. (laughs) You're always doing like, you see those cookies that are over there? You know, if we take those, and tonight is chimp dinner live, right? Tonight's our big live dinner party where four chimpanzees have a four-course meal. So we're always looking for extra goodies to put down there. Right now, we have a TikTok smash cake. I don't know if you've seen that silly shit. It's a big old chocolate ball and it has a it comes with a hammer and you mash it with a hammer and inside is chocolate covered pretzels and crap so that will be their finale this evening will be they will hammer up a smash cake well i got to see something like that's got to make an absolute killing on tiktok can you even barbecue in the backyard because then you'll have the animal isn't a little disrespectful to the animals if you light up the barbecue and start putting something on there i'm vegetarian so i don't we're cooking up veggie burgers you know we're 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 cooking up mushrooms and and maybe some other you know stuff imitation stuff. Most of the staff are vegetarian, at least in front of me. Um, there's a bunch of them that are pretty hardcore about it. So we're not cooking up, but every day we sling real number one thousand pounds of chicken, beef, and pork. We've got gigantic tubs of restaurant quality chicken, beef, and pork, and your frisbee and that stuff by hand. Almost every piece gets a. Boom, and so you're not taking the you're not taking the Joe Exotic route where you just get it right off of the Walmart truck, the expired meats, then make a pizzeria out of it. How can you do that, right? What, what La La Land that that could even exist? You know what would make that in your head say, "Oh, that's quality food," right? There, a lot of it's bologna and you know rotisserie chickens and weird shit that you really don't know where it's come from. Yeah, it was a low-life situation. Unfortunately, I think it's still happening across America in a number of little scamsuaries that are buying bad meat. They get or they get free meat from some place that's throwing it out. We serve restaurant-quality, first-grade stuff, you know, that uh, people like. You see, the film crew will see us unloading, and they'll be like, I'll take a case of those leg quarters. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you something. How many, how many, how many tigers? Let's talk tigers for a second here. How many tigers you got in your back? It's kind of like you got a whole sanctuary. Now, how many tigers you got back there? There's 67 big adult tigers that are out there. 60 of them are fully interactive. There's a couple big macho males that have a big harem and chase down a lot of tiger girls, and they tend to be a little more fight. But the other 60 are interactive. I mean, they're pretty much touched every single day. Do you, and I'm glad you said that, because what I wanted to ask you, do you, when you go into one of these cages, now I see the clips of you and Tiger King and all, first off, I think you're an absolute nut. I really am. I don't know how you go in there. Just a total, at, you go in there. Is there any sense of fear whatsoever? And then part two to that is, can the tigers sense any fear if so? What we do is a whole very precise series of teamwork maneuvers. I mean, it is an exact science to what we're doing. Everybody else is kind of just randomly messing around based on having some kind of luck with what's happening. We have a whole series of events that take place from the time the Cubs are small, as they grow up, we have a language that we exchange with them of teaching them a series of behaviors. Those behaviors are readily 
um, tactable and you can always rely on them or those animals get to stay at a zoo situation. Those 60 we make contact with, they have a very specific routine. They know their name. You open the door and you say, hey, Fred, come here. Fred comes up. Fred doesn't cross the, the threshold. Wait, Fred, hold. You say, okay, Fred, come here. He'll step out of the threshold. You say, let's go. He sticks to you like a good dog. We have a relationship that transcends what happened in 99.99% of anyone else's place. I know there's a couple of other top-notch places that exist in the world, but virtually in the United States, they're all gone. Nobody does daily interaction with big lions, tigers, elephants, eagles, great apes like we do. Have you had, with that being said, and for how long that you've been doing this, have you had a, a few close calls where maybe a tiger was getting ready to snap or you had to get out of there. One of the, you know, images that I always think of just in the, the documentary, not that this guy was doing things by the book, but you look at like the Jeff Lowe where he had an encounter with the, with one of the tigers. And have you ever had any one of those to where the tiger was about to snap or you had to fear a little bit? Hopefully I understand the language of what's being said by these big cats. I can see the signals and I can feel it going on that I don't get in that situation. Certainly I have had dozens of big cubs because tigers are cubs for the first year or more. One-year-old tiger can easily weigh 300 pounds and just be buff as can be seven feet tall, 300 pounds, you know, just tougher than Tyson ever dreamed of being just as a one-year-old let alone what he becomes as a three-year-old race, eight feet tall, 600 pounds, right. got 10 knives that he can pop out at a moment's notice. So you have this relationship going. We know and we talk to them. I've had plenty of young tigers that are looking at you like, just like, you know, that strange 13, 14-year-old that we were once, and you think, man, I am pretty tough today. And they test you, and they tell you they're going to do something, and they act much more aggressive. And tigers like that, you have to find out if they're going to learn the language, if they're going to respond to having a real relationship with you, if they want hands-on caregivers, or they're just too aloof. And a lot of times we're going out in the forest with them. We're going out on these big walks through this incredible big preserve here. And only a certain kind of mentality just finds that super cool. Others are like, no, this is spooky. I don't like it. And those we let stay behind. And they'll either become just part of the team out in the big habitat or we will allow some of them to go off to accredited zoos and they'll live at those zoos. Right. For me, I've had savage little tigers that are maybe the size of uh, a, a German shepherd who are mad as can be and they will run up and try to chomp you. Sure. And German shepherd size, you can kind of fend them off a little bit. If that keeps going, those tigers, you say, this tiger, he's not into this game, and we don't continue the relationship with him. There are some that are just really overly aggressive. Just like when you say, when you say you don't continue the relationship with them, what what then happens to them? We find a zoological park that wants them. Right now, we have an we have eighteen places that are asking us for tigers. We have three or four cats that could possibly leave in a year's time, um, and those nobody's on a must go list. So we have this constant uh, repertoire of zoological parks that are always talking to us saying, hey, we're out of tigers, we need tigers, our tigers are old. Tigers live as long as big dogs, like mid to late teens. So if a zoo gets a couple tigers, well, they're gonna have to rotate them out. At some point, those animals are gonna cross the Rainbow Bridge and they're gonna want that beautiful multi-million dollar habitat 
to contain uh, tigers again. So there's a lot of people looking. You know what? I wanted to uh, kind of segue a little bit to there, Doc, and it, it's hard to, to, to not talk about it. Now, I have heard you say before Tiger King had come out that you had an idea. You knew who the Joe Exotics were. You knew the Carol Baskins. You had an idea of them. You knew that they had zoos. Did you have any idea of how crazy the shit that was going on there until you saw the documentary? Or did you kind of know about that? Did you hear that through the grapevine that there was some crazy shit going on over there? There's a variety of insane stories that are like the zoo horror stories that exist out there because these are the bottom of the barrel, the super substandard places. You know, no one really in the real zoo business does anything with them. They were just kind of sidelined crazy guys out there. Everybody knew though for 15 years that there was a woman that a lot of people thought was somehow just a streetwalker that was hanging out that hooked up with some guy that was really witch. And the story goes that she was there and she killed her husband and took all his money and fed him to the tigers. That story has been around for 15 years. Is that a story that you believe doc? You bet. I watched tiger King. (laughs) Carol killed her husband. (laughs) <laughs> but did you but did you not I mean when you when you were first presented with Tiger King did you realize how crazy of just a, obviously you probably didn't know the the extent of how big it was going to be did you realize how this is all going to be portrayed I know you weren't thrilled about about how it was portrayed well the whole thing went down and it, you know for several years before the real meltdown happened the guy Eric Good, he was over soliciting us to make a documentary about wildlife conservation and about how our captive tigers have this incredible fan base that really spend a ton of money to come see us and interact with us. And that with that money, we create wildlife conservation heavily in Sumatra, ongoing in India, big projects in Uganda, and that wildlife in America pays for conservation abroad. I shot that for several years with this guy. Joe starts melting down, Carol's suing him. They're out to kill each other. These two mutton heads are just, have lost their minds. You've got Jeff Lowe conning them on the side. You've got the other just misbegotten characters popping up. And he becomes fascinated with that story. He tries to make another documentary about that. As far as I know, and clearly I told him on film, on paper, in person, hey, I want nothing to do with that garbage. I'm not part of those crazy people out there in Oklahoma or Madcap Carol down there in Florida. I want out of it. Don't involve me. No problem. No problem. Solid contract that says everything involving me, I will sign off on. No use of my name, image, or likeness without me signing off on a reel that I've seen the real footage. Well, as he goes along, he dumps the entire project. He can't get it sold. He box sells it as a a big group to Netflix, to the guys that make Fire Festival. They do the magic and turn hundreds of hours of half-baked filming of a bunch of different wildlife people into Tiger King. That pops up on about March 10th or something. I see a trailer and I'm like, holy shit. So you didn't tell me you had no... You had no idea that Tiger King was going to come out and that they had the right to use the footage they had with you to combine that together for Tiger King? I'm in the show 235 times without my permission whatsoever. I have, and I have documents. Now, can't you file? Can't you, yeah, fi- 
It's can't COVID. It's lawsuits. It's a it's a multi-billion dollar corporation. It's COVID. It's freaking California. And getting the pieces to line up are just taking an epic amount of time. Yeah, we attempted to say, oh, take me out of it. They were like, well, it's, it's going so quickly. We can't now. You'll be famous. You'll be rich. It'll all be fine. I'm like, I don't need this kind of fame. I don't need the money. And I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, we'll try. But it was all a clown act. Nobody had any intentions of that. He had sold a bill of goods to Netflix that he had permission for all of this, which he clearly does not. We have good, clear paperwork that says, of course, I should be paid a dime and what I'm being paid for, I should approve because I also didn't receive a dime. Why would I, a guy who made Ace Ventura, Jungle Book, Dr. Doolittle, Mighty Joe Young, 500 major movie and television productions, tons of Fortune 500 work, why would I all of a sudden become for free for some garbage documentary but, but about crazy people? My question to you would be, Doc, if that's the case, why why would you not pursue legal action against the company? Top attorneys grinding away on it as we speak. Everybody's just COVID, hiding out, can't get letters back and forth, can't get the court to even pick up the phone. It's just a mess. It'll get there. It just could take a few years. Court is years in the making when you're talking about Fortune 500 and telling them how do you, you want them to fly. So let me ask you this, Doc, when you're now watching this, and I mean, there's another, the fact that the documentary is just wild. I mean, as we all know, just well, you're Murder, watching Mayhem, and Madness. Are you livid in, while you're watching it, are you just on your couch fuming or did you kind of already have an idea of what was going to be out there? I had no idea it was going to go off the rails like it did. I had no clue that my ex-babysitter, uh, Boob Job Barb out there, was going to sit there and throw out a bunch of lying trash about her drama as a teenager as she ran around America. Because this chick did not live on our preserve, was not part of the team like she's saying she is. She came and went over years being a babysitter school teacher for me. Man, but she tore into us and then they egged on everybody else to make it this crazy notion of a sex cult. Something's going on, you know, and then they could hold the basis up. Of course, I'm a single guy. I love the ladies. I have three fabulous girlfriends. I have an open, honest relationship with who've been around for 20 years that know exactly what's up. All of whom knew Barbara Fisher um, and all of whom know that she's been a little less than focused and clear of mind and uh, mouth. And she well, just blew up. You know what, Doc? I'll, I'll be honest with you. In regards to the different girlfriends that people had said and all of that, Doc, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Where, where I think it does go south, though, and, and where there is a problem is when this Barbara talks about the conditions that she lived in here for eight years. Do you Is she completely making all of that up? That's completely false? It's so false. Well, the big falsity is, of course, she didn't live there for those years. She just came for a few months, got pregnant, left, went off, had another life, came back, hung around for a while, got pregnant, ran off, came back, hung out for a bit, got pregnant, ran off. I've never seen her again. That was her MO the whole time. Now that the facility is a fully licensed USDA facility that has federal government veterinarians that pop in all the time, sometimes 10 times a year, always three times a year. 
they're popping in. Depends how much animal rights razzes them up that they better go check on some uh, self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh my gosh, the grass is all dirty and the tigers don't have grass and the inspector will come by and say the grass looks fine. So these guys are there. You, of course, cannot have a dirty facility. You've got a white glove federal veterinarian there every couple of weeks, sometimes every few months, but never more than a few months checking. If you had cockroaches, they would cite so you. When she, said, when she had mentioned that, for those people who hadn't seen it, when she had mentioned that she was sleeping in stalls and there was cockroaches, and that is all completely false. This is a $30 million facility. It is exquisite. That girl lived in a beautiful house. Did she ever work in the great big tiger barn? Sure, but the tiger barn looks like this house I'm in now. It's white tile everywhere. It's all beautifully laid out. And it's been that way since the early 90s when I moved there. She made her brief visit in 99 and came back sometime in 2001 or something. I don't even remember the dates, but the place was mint. It's a beautiful piece of uh, facility. Everyone who ever comes says, this is the nicest private place in the world. I've never seen anybody even close except the King of Dubai. He has an incredible tiger facility. He looks like he treats his animals gold, but he's the only person I've ever seen that has anything like what we do. Our place is magnificent. And Doc, I got to ask, as far as the pay that she had claimed that she was getting, which was the $100 a week, what, what, what is your response to that? You got a person there, 19 years old, 18 years old, hanging out, helping the babysit. You say, hey, and she also clearly says, I had credit cards, but I had to be careful what I did. But sure, she has a credit card that is a buy anything you want, get it on Amazon, buy your clothes, get anything you need, go take the kids out to the, to the movies, to playgrounds, to do stuff. And she just spent money all she wanted. This woman spent probably a couple hundred grand while she was around because she's hanging out babysitting my children and she's letting them do. She's five stars traveling to Africa with me, traveling to Thailand, traveling and helping me work groups of cheetahs at a beautiful five-star resort on the edge of uh, oh, Manteba land or something, I forget the name of it, in Africa, along with trips to the Bahamas and into the Caribbean, cruise ships, whatever the heck it is. She's there living the life. Sure, we said, here's a hundred bucks a week, spend it on whatever you want. You need, to, you need to buy yourself extra shampoo. You want some nail polish. Here's, you always have cash. But on top of that, there's tens of thousands of dollars that make up the charming life that we lead here and have been able to do so. So many of the staff have been here for decades because this is the greatest place on earth to hang out. If you wanna hang out and be Tarzan, if you wanna meet celebrities, you wanna bring in the Fortune 500 and connect with them, that's our incredible blessing here at the preserve. Do, do you think even with all of that and on top of that, do you think that $100 a week for what she's doing and the hours that she was working is right because of all of those Wait, benefits? Take, take a step back, dude. She has full access to a credit card that she's moving thousands on. She has a, a house. She has a car. She has a phone. She has endless supply of food just delivered all day long to cook and to eat and do whatever you want with. She has uh, all the attributes of life, whatever the hell, your cell phone, your this, your internet service, cable television, all the things that make up the 15 homes that are on the preserve. 
She's living there in these multi-million dollar facilities, living the life, doing whatever she wants. The $100 is for incidentals. The credit card is for all things life. And plus a delivery service is bringing you all of your food, all your stuff, all your clothes, everything's being delivered. This is just rolling that this girl is. It's not as though someone makes a hundred bucks. Tax wise, I'm sure she was liable for 40,000 a year for the life that she's leading. It's a made up story by a unique mindset. Doc, let me ask you this with, and I'm sure there's been a lot of good things that have come from the show for you as far as business. Your kids are making a killing right now. I mean, they were, they were really popular before. Cody yeah, had but you know what? followers before that. Well, but there's no doubt that it had to help it grow. Am I wrong? Uh, Tiger King's politically toxic. So there's this very toxic political situation where we do a lot of policy work with the government. We work on a lot of different things with politicians and the toxicity of Tiger King blew up a lot of that stuff, which is really important to us. You know, we've been able to move millions of dollars of government funds into conservation projects over the years. And the ability to connect with some of that has gotten much more difficult. The ability for the public to understand that the people who need, excuse me, the tigers who need the money are the tigers living in the wild. And that somehow there are indigent places like Carol Baskin's Big Cat Rescue and other rescue facilities that all jumped on the bandwagon and said, hey, hey, we need this money. We gotta save these tigers. You're by no means saving tigers in those dog pounds. You're just keeping alive animals that are living pretty much horrible lives in tiny little barren habitats. You look at Big Cat Rescue's facility, no animal wants to live in those little boxes that she's got there. And, they're at, and that's where it looks like funding should go. And the funding sidetracked from being able to go to the real wild conservation programs that we run around the world and that we've got our daily routine on. Hey, another, another piece you missed in your, in your help with Barb uh, notion there is, this is the girl that also said she woke up one day with a boob job after going to board certified surgeons, having numerous appointments. You have to go in day after day after day. You've got to get a psychological analysis. You've got to tie them out. You've got to do pictures. And then she went and took out a loan from a boob loan specialist and paid for it for years and years and years out of her own pocket. All of that's just a big old myth so she can drive this crazy me too second base story. Like nothing ever happened to me, but I think other girls, a la, these adults that are in their 40s that live here, they might have been taken advantage of. I never was. Uh, but I did wind up with boobs one morning. It's a crazy person's analogy to life. Doc, if you could do it again, would you have ever let Tiger King happen or even let them get that footage of you? Would you ever, I mean, would you totally wish you could just erase that whole thing? Or has it benefit to a guard where you kind of, you come to terms with it? I mean, traditionally, I've done hundreds of television programs, right? I've had my own special on Nat Geo for years. I had my own show on Animal Planet called King of the Jungle. I had a show on Animal Planet called um, Wild on the Set. I did another program just a couple of years ago called Wild Transport. Everyone plays by a certain set of rules. You sign contracts. You sign releases for use. You, you, you're given a specific pay for a specific deal. Tiger Kingdom is just off the rails and somebody coming in, making an idea of a story and then switching it into the madness that is Tiger King and tying me in with 
crackpots like Joe and Jeff Lowe and Carol Baskin was a disaster. So right now we're producing Tiger Kingdom, right? We're working on that program. We're just on the side of the producers there, the Couch King Productions and Gargoyle Productions that are here cranking out that series. That series tells the real story of wildlife conservation and pokes the holes into the insanity of this Tiger King, Boob Job Barb's crazy storylines, all of the stuff, it fills in those pieces. Tiger Kingdom, um, we're happy to do because the guys doing it are honest, upright, contractually obligated, and we have a lot of buffers in place so that we can't get taken advantage of. We're much more paranoid now. I wouldn't want it to happen again. Tiger King must have some kind of blessing and curse to it, but right now it's quite cursed because it's put me at the forefront of a whole legal battle with animal rights activists who are looking at me as the last man standing. In America today, as far as I know, there is not a single tiger that anyone can touch except mine. So I'm this last place where we fulfill that bucket list uh, ability for you to come and hug a tiger and get your picture taken with it and learn all about our tiger conservation programs, learn about world conservation of tigers in the wild and get that foundation where they swim and they run and it's three and a half hours of extravagant playtime. That's, you know, kind of in jeopardy because of Tiger Kingdom. So it's kind of weird at, to see where the, the ball's going to bounce right now because of all of the drama. And because of that, there's legal problems and stuff that are, are plentiful. Now, what I wanted to ask you, Doc, as we get ready to close down, and you just came out with the Tiger Kingdom, which we're going to go ahead and put a link in for you folks to the bio there on that for you folks to check that out. Did you do that in a way to set the record straight from the image that was portrayed on Tiger King? You bet. That's the main reason we were interested in doing it. We put feelers out. We had the guys there, Couch King Productions, that we've known um, from other productions over the years. They came and said, hey, we know these cool guys that seem like they've got a lot of talent and they want to work on a program that kind of gets into this, shows where was the director's headset? What created this stuff that, that came up with these wild notions? Because so much of Tiger Kingdom Tiger King, it's real easy to get them mixed up now, is false. It's made up narrative that was done way after the fact by the guys who produced the show and they created Murder, Mayhem and Madness. They threw us in just because we're the Ritz Carlton of wildlife facilities, put us in there 235 times when we've never met Carol, we've seen Joe in passing, we have no connection to Jeff Lowe or any of those other lowlifes that are in the show. We're removed from all of that. We don't have any business or relationship or anything connected to it, but they wove us in 235 times, create, got that crazy babysitter to say crazy stuff. They interviewed 16 women for the show. 15 of them had nothing to say, but the glory and fun of their life of being here. Every other employee that they could find that had ever been here, they tracked them down, they threw money at them and waited for the story to unfold that they couldn't get. You know, only that crazy hippie wanted to talk to trash. Now, do, when you had mentioned that Tiger Kingdom could be in jeopardy, is that in regards to the charges that you just had laid on you in regards to the animal trafficking? Not Tiger Kingdom, just Tiger, the Tiger conservation movement at large, the stuff that we do at large, and that 
the process of interacting with tigers is on the chopping block, but, right? But Doc, do you do you to- think do you think that with those recent charges, of course, it was all on the news and everything. Do you think here you are coming out with the show, the Tiger Kingdom? Now these charges get laid on you. What would say? What would you say to the people? that are now able to point to that and point the finger to that and, you know, label you as one of the bad guys with the, with the Carol Baskins of the world, with the Joe Exotics of the world, what would your response to that be? Well, you got to look at them. They've all actually been found guilty. They've lost their license. They're guilty. I am innocent until proven guilty. I won't be found guilty of a single thing. What the charges that are coming towards me have no evidence whatsoever that's been presented of anything but ideology. This is an ideological battle that says that the basic premise of the work that we do for wildlife conservation and interaction with wildlife to get it done is in essence what's on the chopping block. The Big Cat Safety Act and all of its ilk, which is a federal thing that as is very exactly divided. It went through the House of Representatives and it passed with every Democrat saying yes and every Republican saying no. Kind of like our beloved new uh, lady that's come on to the Supreme Court. The exact same game is being played with Big Cat Safety Act. The, the Dems have a condemning concept of all things zoological and are being pushed towards it. And a lot of money coming from places like PETA coming from HSUS, Humane Society of the United States, which is by no means anything to do with dog shelters. That is entirely a political arm uh, activist group. And they want the vegan world order. They want you to have no more dogs and cats, certainly no more turkey sandwiches, and want to make us all vegan. They also are seriously anti-zoo. And that's the war that I am in and that the other players have fallen off the cliff there of their own demise and I'm last man standing. I'll still be standing. I will not, these charges are just gonna fly past because they're bogus. They are not going to be holding us back, but it's gonna be a ton of time and money to get it done. It can be a couple of years to clear it up. It's just epically long and drawn out with the COVID court is just completely backwards and really uh, being strangled. For, so for you everything. Were totally caught off guard by all of these charges in regards to you didn't see them come. It completely blindsided you. We know that they've been boiling away. We've seen other people that they've come in and been harassing. We know the zoo that got closed down in Virginia that had um, lions there and that had had baby lions born that we rescued and we brought back to the, our facilities. And that place has been in real jeopardy. It is a very low lying facility. It's very, you know, on a scale of one to 10, it's just, a, it's just a two. It's just a little backyard zoo. No different than everybody's farm where you're getting your pigs and cows and horses from, but not a zoological institution like ourselves or some of the fine zoos that are in America. And they were in jeopardy. We knew there was a connection. I'm the Tiger King top of the list. And they grabbed us to help you know, create drama. And even if it all went away today, they have a win because they're able to say, oh, we, we're, we're hassling Doc, that guy who's the last one of his kind, but we're going to get rid of him. Look at us go. But Doc, when you went to go get, when you went to go get the animals from this, the zoo or, or whatever it might've been, with how right. long you've been in the business, didn't you know to some regard that it would turn bad, that you weren't allowed to do it? 
There's no such thing as not allowed. I'm absolutely allowed. It's a federally regulated process. You arrive, you register a federal document that says you're moving the animals. You put them into a federally regulated box. They go into that container, which is a federally designed and approved box. You put that into your air-conditioned Mercedes-Benz and you drive them home. From there, you put them into the zoological park. The federal veterinarians come and inspect them. They inspect them numerous times and everything about it's clean as a whistle. It's ideology that they shouldn't be able to do anything. There shouldn't be animals born at zoos. There shouldn't be animals that are ever transported. They want the end and your chicken sandwiches too. They don't want those chickens being born and delivered to KFC ever again either. It's the same ideology. It's real easy to get confused to where it goes, but the animal issue, the animal rights issue in America is no zoos, no chicken sandwiches and no leather shoes and every other ideology, no fur, no fiber, no food that has anything to do with wildlife, no wool suits. It's so that's something that something that caught my ears. We get ready to close down here. Are you mean to tell me that my chicken sandwiches are in jeopardy here? Super on the edge, right? The the big parts of the new green deal is to go in and make it that you have very specific amounts of food that you can have. They want to regulate, especially the beef market, how many hamburgers you can have. They want it all to be portion controlled out to people. They need to squeeze the industry because they're saying that's part of the big picture of pollution in the world today. There are 50 billion animals on tap to be eaten. 50 billion animals, it's a crazy concept. And we are an agricultural society that consumes animals like mad, 25 million chickens every day. I'm vegetarian. I push a vegetarian idea to people that want to listen to me, but I would never tell you to become a vegetarian right. unless you ask. I don't, my ideology doesn't need to be yours, but these guys want to legislate ideologies of how we're all supposed to interact with wildlife and chickens. Well, Doc, we really appreciate your time. We really do. Folks, go check it out. The Tiger Kingdom is out now. We'll go ahead and provide a link there for you, folks. Doc, you go enjoy the rest of your Sunday with the chimpanzees and the tigers and the, you know, all of them. Yes, indeed. I, I, I forgot that on God of Left, you should have come back and seen me. Oh, I, I would have liked. I would have liked the goodbye there. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a goodbye there. Oh, he's ready to say goodbye. Hi, I'm God. Can How he can he wave there, Doc? Can he wave yeah. to me? Does he know he's on the Brilliant Dumb Show right now? Uh, he, he may know, but he's only interested in being large and in charge. Can you wave? He'll wave like this. Here you go. Bye bye. There bye -bye. it is. Wow, look at the size of those hands right there. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. Well, you take care of yourself. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the animals. And again, thank you for your time. Thank you. Peace and love. Be good. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. Doc Antle himself from Tiger King. A couple times I thought might have got a little heated there where he said, you know, take a step back, dude, and, and stuff like that. But the bottom line is you got to ask him these questions. These allegations are out there for a reason. I even called our good pal, dear friend of the pod, and my, my real good friend, Forrest Galante, just about – you know, who's big on wildlife and all that, just kind of the things and the, the cases that, that he has against them, which definitely gives you reason, kind of cause to pause a little bit there. So I felt I had to ask those type of questions to him, not just cupcake him the whole time. Um, but look, 
take it take it for what it is. Interesting interview to say the least, I think. Folks, we keep things, that's the way things go there on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. We keep things moving along till Friday. For those of you not signed on the Patreon yet, come join us. Come join the atmosphere. We're having an absolute ball over there. If not, no big deal. We'll see you Tuesday next week. We keep things rolling along. Thank you for the support. As always, again, link in my bio on my Instagram. If you want to come join on the Patreon, Jersey Jerry's going to be joining us for this week's live happy hour. Now, Jerry can't drink. He's five, six years sober, so we're not going to jeopardize that, but he'll come on, chop it up with us a little bit. I'll be drinking. I think we might bring in Matty Rigatoni as well. Uh, just have a good on time. Come join us. If not, we'll see you back Tuesday. You folks take care. Love you all. Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Love you. Not today, Bubba. Gordy. Gordy. Can I bother you for a second?